Welcome to the Stewardship Project. I'm Andrew Mitchell. I'm Sean Salitro. If you've ever been challenged with the idea that stewardship goes beyond finances and time, then you're in the right place. And we will be your guides. first one of our season four and today Sean and I are talking about marriage in our last couple episodes that we had with Ted Cunningham and Greg Smalley. It was super interesting to put those two episodes side by side because on one hand you have somebody that's talking about you know having fun and getting back to things being natural and you have somebody else that's talking about conflict and I think we would typically put those on polar opposite sides of each other uh, but but both super integral parts of marriage and, and how we interact with our spouses. And yeah, it's just, it's interesting to see what the, even in within those completely opposite topics or what we would assume is completely opposite topics, the, the overlap that exists. I think that, I think setting it up that way, I wish we could say we did that completely on purpose, but we can't. Um, I think that the interesting thing with that is it seems like there's so much information that's put out there about marriage and, and sometimes it can be overwhelming or it can be like, well, well, what of this do I focus on? Or like, what, what should I be engaging? And I think, I think some of this really showed that it's not an all or nothing thing. It's kind of a both and where we are looking at, you know, how do we kind of naturally build in some of these fun things and put intentionality into our marriage, but also knowing that as we're doing those things, there's going to be conflict that comes up. I think one of the stats that stuck out to me from our conversation with Greg was um, he had quoted somebody and I don't remember the guy's name, but he had said 70% of the conflict that we have in our marriage is perpetual, meaning that it's the same conflict that's coming up over and over and over again. And so yeah, I, I feel like those are just great episodes to put side by side to, to really start to look at. These are both things that we have to pursue and that we have to be intentional about. And yeah, what a, what a great way to step into season four for uh, for the stewardship project. Yeah. Yeah. And it was real. I think like we'd said at the end of uh, speaking with Greg, like sometimes your marriages do need a jolt and sometimes that's a yeah. wake up call through a conversation. And so I think the conversations that we had with Ted and Greg really were and continue to be that for, for you and I in our marriages to yeah. be intentional about thinking about those things, but also bringing those conversations up with our spouses. But like you said, we debated in our own minds about what to do with these episodes because there are times in the podcast where we do get a guest for one topic, mm-hmm. multiple guests, and we don't really know what to do with that. And we went through that with the last season with parenting and this season with marriage and we we were thinking do we put them at the tail end of the season you know one at the tail end one at the beginning do we put them together do we hold one off until next season but i think through thinking about it we really saw the value of putting them back to back because yeah. of a lot of the points they met up on and you know it's it's that word that keeps coming back through everything that we talk about but intentionality <laughs> but with with different things and i i think i need to get out of the mindset of hating that word but I, I was it's just a good word <laughs> yeah it's a good word it just you know can't be overused but right. 
in a place such as marriage, in a place mm-hmm. such as parenting, in a, in a time when you are dealing with another person, which I guess is pretty much every area of life, you do have to be intentional. Things don't just happen. Yeah. A good marriage does not just fall into your lap. And it might seem like that within the first few years of being married to somebody, you know, and this is something that Ted spoke on a little bit about things that came natural once, you know, an intentional marriage might happen very well at the beginning because you're in that phase. You are just, you're, you're wanting this to go well. And so, you know, the things that go well with that spouse, but then what does start happening when life outside of marriage changes, when, when kids happen. And, and so being able to speak with that, about that with Ted and with Greg really was eye-opening in a lot of different ways and helped me to get out of hating intentionality and learning to love it. So I, I'm learning to love it. I'm, I'm not going to be a hater much more, but um, yeah, they, they really helped with that. So yeah. what, are, what are some of the things that they spoke about for you uh, specifically that you felt, you know, these are some things that I do need to be more intentional with? Yeah, I think... Yeah, I love that point that that Ted talked about where, I mean, everybody jokes about the honeymoon phase in, I mean, it obviously comes from the idea of marriage, but we apply it to a lot of different things, whether it's a new job or, you know, just really anything that's new in our life. You know, we kind of jokingly call it the honeymoon phase because it's this rose colored glasses kind of look at what's going on and how I interpret things and, and all of that. And I think the thing that I appreciated that Ted said was those things came naturally because we were putting in the effort. So there's a potential that if we're not putting in the effort or we go through a season where we're not putting in the effort, we're going to go, we're creating another season where we're going to see that things aren't coming naturally again. Um, and so we're going to, again, have to be intentional. We're going to have to put in the work to get back to that point of, oh, this is great. This feels natural. I think, you know, for, for Brooke and I, th- there's been several things throughout our marriage that we've had seasons that we did really well. in. I mean, again, you know, Ted referenced like when you were dating or when you were first married, kind of that, you know, quote unquote honeymoon phase, you don't, you don't have to tell you know, young married couples like that you need to have physical touch or that you need to, you know, go on dates or you Mm -hmm. need to be, you know, you need to set time aside for these types of things. You don't have to tell them that they just do it because they really want to do that. And the longer that you're married, it can get harder to do some of those things. Or in your mind, you kind of just settle on this idea that, you know, well, you know, we've been married for so long, like I can, I can spend more time away and it's not going to hurt things. And and ultimately I think we find that that's just simply not true. And so, you know, for Brooke and I, we've, we've tried to have a date night, you know, when we were first married, it was every week. And then we tried to do it every other week and life, life continues to change. And so being intentional about just, you know, let's get away for some dates sometimes. And, you know, we're definitely in a season right now where we're not super intentional about that, but, you know, even, what was it last week? I think my wife surprised me with uh, mm. going to the zoo and seeing the uh, they the had lanterns. a yeah that the Chinese lantern festival thing. So it it was it was cool. I mean, but it was just a time for us to get away and go walk through something and um, yeah, just spend some time together. Like it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but but really, yeah, being intentional with that, and then you start to see the fruit of what that intentionality sure. brings. So. 
Yeah, I'm curious for you, Sean. Like, is, are there things that you look at, you know, from that perspective that you and Abby have had to be super intentional about, and in, in the results of that? Yeah, yeah. And it was one of the things that I brought up to Ted when we were speaking, but that we've had to specifically set aside time. He he mentioned that he's got a a pattern that he follows with his wife, and that he encourages other couples to follow with the. Um, the daily delay, the weekly withdrawal, the annual abandon, which I think are amazing ideas and that you do have to be very much intentional about those things because time is, you know, the, the way that life happens and the way that seasons change, time is harder and harder to find. And if you're yeah. not intentional about that and if you're not scheduling things or making it part of your routine, it, it is easier to fall away from those things and then it's harder to get back into them. But yeah, one thing that a couple of things that Abby and I have been working on, especially since speaking with Ted, um, have been having very specific nights within our week that are set aside for each other, mm. even if we're not able to get away on a date night. Sure. Which you know, so sometimes we what do we call those? I don't know. We have we have a name for them where we stay home and and have a date. <laughs> you know, and sometimes yep. you know if if we can't get away because uh, of the kids. And it, it's harder to find a sitter, which, you know, I feel like nowadays it's harder and harder to find, especially if family's not next door. Yeah. Um, or if they, you know, don't have time. Um, you do have to be intentional about making a separate time at home together special. Yeah. So, you know, we you order in if you can, um, or you go sit outside together and, you know, and have a time to talk or you, you know, you play a game or something like that. But so we've had specific nights where we've scheduled certain things like a game night, um, or a night to just set aside and talk about things, whether those be things that are going on with us emotionally or spiritually, but just to sit down and listen to each other. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it can be, it can get cheesy after a while, but we have certain nights that are called certain things that kind of, um, you know, give us a reminder that, oh, specifically Tuesday night is for this and yeah. Monday night is for this and Wednesday night is that. And, um, you don't want to overwhelm it too much so that you don't have time to do other things that you need to do. But the more that we can do together in our own home, even, um, even if it's just folding laundry together and talking while that's happening, um, has really been a help to us, but found it something that's valuable and that we need to be intentional with in order to maintain it and make it a part of our life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought one of the things that was really good that, Ted got into with that is that if you again don't have that intentionality what does start to happen is something that he referred to as the drift mm -hmm. um, and as that happens then you can find more and more what comes up is what Greg got into with talking to us about conflict mm -hmm. and you know you get to points in your marriage that if that drift takes place then you either are at the point of decision you know, and, and I mentioned this to you, I can't recall everything that he said right off the top of my head right now, but you do get to that point of decision. I'm either going to enter into a stage and time of discovery with my spouse and learn more about them and, and us and how we can be intentional together, or you lean into that dangerous drift, yeah. um, which is, a, you know, a huge danger zone, but that's when things like large conflicts do arise. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious for you is when we spoke to Greg and we kind of got into more of that, you know, a farther away from that fun territory and into that hard conflict territory, what, what really resonated with you about some of the things that he was saying about conflict? Yeah, I think for me, and some of this comes just from growing up, I don't know. Um, there's, 
in, in counseling, there's a couple different um, attachment styles, which lead you to approach conflict in different ways. I'd heard this from a pastor uh, several years ago. And uh, as he was saying it, I was like, oh, my word, I am that type of attachment style where like conflict comes up and I'm like, Meh, like I'm going to avoid conflict. Like, <laughs> so that that's always been a challenge in our marriage is really being able to approach conflict and bring it up and get to a healthy point where we can actually work through it. And so, you know, having that conversation with Greg, I think just kind of reframed some of those conversations. Uh, you know, we talked about 70% of conflict being perpetual, that it's, you know, personality or kind of the way we do life or some of the things that are kind of built into us as human beings, he even used the example of, you know, his wife's a night owl and he's an early bird. Um, mm-hmm. And so he gets up early, does stuff and she stays up late. And <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Even the story of the table getting built, like yeah. he goes to bed, yep. they both go to bed. She gets up, invites a girlfriend <laughs> over and they build a table in their house. I just, I'm just putting myself in those shoes <laughs> of like, uh, where did the table come from? Like where, what's going on here? Um, how did you not hear that? Exactly. Like he must be a really heavy sleeper. It's what it comes down to. (laughs) Um, but I just, I think about those things and you know, my wife, I think, I think I fall more in the middle. I'm not necessarily a night owl or an an early bird, you know, as Daniel Pink would call it, you know, I'm a third bird. I'm kind of that middle, like I'm not going to get up super early. I'm more kind of middle of the day and I'm not probably going to stay up super late. I can do it if I need to. Um, but I, but I think the thing that I constantly have to come back to when I'm thinking about those things is the, the, a constant conversation in our house is like, when should we go to bed? Like when, when's like, do we have a set time for that? Or do we, is it completely fluid based on what's going on? And I've kind of had to let go of some of that. You know, I'd love to be in bed by like 1030 every night, but for whatever reason, and you know, even last night's a perfect example, we're sitting in the living room and at like 955, we finally are getting into like some real conversation, talking through different things that are going on in our lives. And in the past, I would I've I've chosen to step into that and say, Oh, it's ten fifteen, we need to get ready for bed and you know, so I can be in bed by ten thirty and you know, not be grumpy or whatever. And last night I, I very much, you know, and I've tried to just be more mindful of this in general. It's like it if a good conversation, if we're not doing anything and we're just wasting time, like being in bed when we want to be in bed, fantastic. But we also don't need to be like super, you know, Oh, this is exactly what needs to happen. We can be more flexible with that. And if we're in a good conversation, like let the conversation go because these are good points of connection just to talk through and hear, you know, what's on my wife's mind. What, what is she thinking about? you know, what's important to her. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of times for her, you know, she's kind of decompressing for the day and that helps her to have a good night of rest for the next day. And if I shut that down, you know, she doesn't get a good night of rest because, you know, she hasn't kind of let go of all those things that are going on. So I, I think, you know, both conversations with Ted and Greg, and then also specifically, you know, just thinking about conflict is just that never ending thing that comes up in, in really any relationship, but because of the amount of time and the amount of connection that we have with our spouses and our immediate families, conflict is just always one of those things that's there. And we just have to figure out how to continue to work through and, and, and walk through those things 
so that we can, you know, constructively move through it. And, and I really appreciated Greg talking about the idea of repairing and not resolving mm-hmm. conflict because, because it's so cyclical where, you know, these things are happening and they're coming up over and over again. Right. It, right. It's really not realistic to say, oh, you know, we're going to resolve this thing. No, we can repair what happened because of the conflict. You know, I can apologize for being a grump bag and saying like, nope, we can't have this conversation now. I need to go to bed. Like I can, I can apologize and I can, you know, have a better understanding of where my wife is coming from and we can kind of repair that. But that doesn't mean that that's never going to come up again. Um, It might come up from the other side of like, I am dead tired because we have never gone to bed on time in the last, you know, however long. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I'm I'm feeling that, you know, so so you're constantly working through those things. And so really just knowing, like, how do we step into points of disagreement or points of friction and have a productive conversation? Apologize for the times that we've lashed out or that we're wrong or whatever it is. And, and find a way to move forward with some of that stuff. I, I really appreciated his perspective on that. Yeah. I'd love to hear for you and Abby. I mean, where do you guys kind of fall in some of this conflict stuff and, and how have you guys worked through that? Hmm. Hmm. Well, first of all, I've never heard you say the term grump bag before. So <laughs> I think from now on, like, I'm going to associate that with you as grump it's, bag. It's going to be Sometimes. the new, new edition to the Merriam Webster dictionary coming up, grump bag. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. With a picture of Andrew Mitchell right there, like coined yeah. the term. There he is. <laughs> He can be a real grump bag sometimes. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I appreciate you bringing up that, the idea of perpetual, because it was something that he just, yeah. you know, he touched on, obviously, and then we kept talking and asking questions. But it really is so realistic because a lot of our conflict that we will have in marriage, especially because we're going to be journeying through life together with this companion, um, that it is going to keep coming back, coming back and coming up because either the the conflict itself is perpetual. It is just a part of the season of life that we're in, or it is so closely tied to our personality, like you said. So it it is going to happen again. And there is going to, at times, you know, hurt is going to happen or words are going to get thrown around or someone's going to be more tired than the other and not going to want to talk about it right now. So caring for the conflict itself and the person who the conflict is is affecting, I think, is one thing that really that he said that was so strong to me is taking the time to care and listen throughout the yeah. conflict uh, is is huge and important. And that's something that I've had to really step back and look at in the times that we've had conflict because I am, you know, the way that he described his marriage is how anybody could describe it. There's just like who's the extrovert, who's the introvert in your marriage, yeah. um, and I'm more of the extrovert where. You know, talk about it relating to sleep and talking at night. Like I'm the one that are like, let's stay up until until we fix this. Let's stay up until we've talked it all out. With you know, even if it's not a conflict, let's stay up until the topic is done. You know, yeah. or you know, and my wife on the other hand would rather let's talk about it a little bit. We'll both sleep on it. We'll both come back to it later and have had more time to process. But I am such a out loud processor you know i've just got to talk it through so that i can feel like something has been said from me i've gotten my piece out yeah but at the same time that can make room for a lot of pride where i can go i've i've said so much that i've fixed it in the process of doing that yeah and so i just have to talk and kind of make myself heard but 
I've had to take so much time to learn and step back and just listen more than I talk, which is yeah. very difficult for me. Uh, I am a I am a talker, and that's something that is perpetual about me and does perpetuate some conflict sometimes. But I've had to learn that you know there is another person who, as Ted referred to, is not my enemy and right. is not my uh, what did he say? Not the enemy, but also not the source. Provider or source, yeah. Yep. yep. But very much, very much is my companion. Yeah. So every season of life, every part of life, Abby and I are going through everything together. So why, you know, why allow the conflict to overtake so much that I lose sight of that? Um, so, so yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think that's spot on. I, I think there's there's a lot of areas of life where we know that there's this kind of pendulum and there's like the both extremes, but it seems like there's not very many areas of life where we can actually name what the extremes are. And I really appreciated that Ted named the extremes. It's, you know, my wife is not the enemy and my wife is not the source, meaning like it's, it's not the person that's providing for me. They're not, not my any, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, you know, it's really, like you said, it, they're, they're a companion, they're in the journey with you. And so, yeah, we, we just need to realize that sometimes, especially when we're looking at conflict, you know, when, when we're having that conflict with our spouse, the, the spouse is not the enemy that, that shapes how we have some of those conversations. So yeah, that was, that was another one that, you know, as you, as you, put both of those side by side where we're talking about conflict and we're talking about, you know, having fun, having that understanding that, you know, the role that my spouse actually plays can help us on the other side with the conflict for sure. Very much. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know another thing we touched on with, with Greg's uh, episode was that he, he was the boat talk, you know, he yeah. had two different boat analogies that really resonated one is obviously when you get to a point in conflict and you've gotten to a point where it's so it's so perpetual or it's been allowed to become larger than the perpetual parts to where you're viewing the other person as an enemy to where your heart has become so hardened that he phrased it as like a wrecking ball um, more in your marriage than anything. Uh, he talked about a lot of the times people can get to that point of just saying like, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I can't I can't do this anymore with you. Uh you're not the same person that I married. You're you're just so different. We're just so different. Um and so he talked about that analogy of burning the boats, you know, yeah. making that decision that when you've gotten to that shore and you've gotten to that point, like you burn the boat so that you can't go back. You're gonna move forward together, whatever territory lies ahead, yeah. whatever unknowns, whatever mountains, hills, terrain, whatever you want to call it you've moved into this land together and you're going to journey forward together regardless of what lies ahead. And it's so important to be intentional about making that decision together, even early on. It, yeah. It's so hard to look at your marriage early on. I mean, I remember being married early when we, you know, we, we jumped right in, the wedding was over, the honeymoon was over, we moved to a new city and everything was so great every single day. And yeah. we just looked ahead and I was like, it's going to always be like this. It's always going to be so good because it's so good right now. Yeah. We, we had no idea, but, but conflicts did happen and arise. And I think it's important for people who have been married for even five years and have had engaged in conflict or even 20 years, whatever, 
to look back at other couples who are just getting to that shore, you mm-hmm. know, and saying like, make the decision right now to to burn those boats, yeah. to not move forward unless you do. Call it out like it is and say like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna look at conflict and see it as a turnaround point, but yeah. something that we're gonna walk through together. And um, I'd like, I know I'd like to think that every married couple says that at their vows on their wedding day, but you're saying a lot of things up there yep. and there's a lot of people watching you're nervous yeah. but to make that decision even in those early awesome years and to have that hold true in that 10 years later 20 years later i think part of one of the things that you're starting to touch on but didn't actually go into was both ted and greg talked about the fact that it's kind of that, you know, adage that everybody talks is change is the only guarantee. And it's right, the same right. within our marriages and with our spouses and we, even with ourselves, like our change a lot of times is so small and so little increments that we don't necessarily see exactly what's happening. But Ted referenced the fact that, you know, within your years of marriage, you'll be married to five to seven different people because of life circumstances or, you know, job change or whatever that's going on in your spouse's life, changing how they're doing. And and obviously we always hope that those things are for the better, but you know, the, the brook that I'm married to today is not the brook that I, you know, what married on day one and she's, right. she's changed. She's changed her philosophies on how things work. She's, you know, made decisions about how she wants to view the world and that's part of really working through marriage. And I think that again, points back to that importance of burn the ships. You know, I, I can't help but think of the for King and country song, burn the ships, uh, mm-hmm. just cause that's mm-hmm. a, a great song, but it, it's, it's the same idea as like, we got to make a decision that, you know, if we, if we leave a life raft that we can take off when things get hard, a lot of times we're just going to take it cause it's the easy way to go and, right. you know, quote unquote, get resolution. But ultimately, like if we just burn the ships and take all the options off the table for anything else, the only choice you have is to survive or to make it work. And so, you know, when there's when there's nothing else to do that, you do it and you work through it. And a lot of times you're better on the other side because of that. Right. Yeah. And I think um, it's kind of a great point to come to in these conversations, too, because. okay, so we talk about burning boats, but then we talk about, you know, in a different analogy as we go through life, we're in these canoes, you know, and mm-hmm. we might bump into other people's canoes along the way. And sometimes that rocks our boat. But one thing that we forget about is when we get married, you know, whether you're the husband or the wife, whatever you, you, someone else enters into your boat. Yeah. And as you're going along, floating along, along the river and you guys are trying to paddle together, whatever decisions that you make in life or parts of your personality that change or theirs that change, um, or you enter into a new season or you encounter different waters, whatever you can make so many analogies with water and canoes. But anyway, <laughs> you're going to be disturbed if the other person's disturbed, yep. you know, if, if they make a movement, it's going to change how, how you're affected in that boat as well. So it's so important to continue to recognize that there is someone going through things with you. And if you're affected by something, so are they. Yeah. And so it's important to always be communicating to be vulnerable with that person, to let them know how things affect you or that something is going to affect you that that is theirs, that kind of has come into your boat a little bit. 
um, to, to be listening, I think, but to also one of the greatest things that both of them said throughout these episodes that we had with them was the importance of being open to having help. Yeah. You know, and to, to being vulnerable enough to say that, like, I can't do this by myself. We can't do this by ourselves. We do need some mentoring or we do need counseling or therapy or help. Um, and yeah, bringing that back to the canoe analogy, like someone's, someone sometimes has to come along beside you and teach you the course that you're about to go through, um, how to paddle better, how you're not steering as well as you could be. You know, I, I used to take um, junior hires on a week of camp <laughs> and then we, we would do a canoe trip. And there was always yeah. those kids that, you know, had been through it, but there was always, always at least one or two who was their first time. And so it was almost like the entire week you had to canoe alongside them to show them how to go along the water, what was coming next, what to do when they encountered the rougher parts or how to just continue paddling along when it was smooth and just to keep going forward and not just to sit still. Um, but there is so much value in allowing someone else into your guys' marriage yeah. to say like, this is what I see. Uh, you know, he mentioned that phone call that someone gave him and they just, someone just walked right into their marriage, another couple just to say like, we want to come alongside you and recognize that you're struggling. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's so valuable. Yeah. I wrote this down, but I think it was so important to, to always be willing to tell your story in marriage. The older yeah. you get, the longer that you're in marriage to always look back and see is someone else struggling. Could they benefit from our story and kind of hear some truths within that, that they need to hear in their moment and their different struggles, whether it's going really well or not. I think, I think it's important to grab a mentoring couple. If, even if you're in the honeymoon years that we've talked about to be there just in case yeah. something needs to be come alongside with. 100%. Yeah. I couldn't help as you're talking about canoes to also think about growing up our church always did like a full church canoe trip you know every so mm -hmm. often mm -hmm. and i remember one year there was a dad and i think it was his stepdaughter that ended up in the same canoe and the stepdaughter had never gone canoeing before i think they ended up in the river like five times by the oh, end yeah. of the day <laughs> because again it's one of those things like he was you know quote unquote an expert canoeer and she was a complete beginner but because of the decisions sure. she was making he was paying the price for it so if you take that analogy to marriage or, or a lot of relationships that we have, obviously marriage is definitely the most interconnected. Yeah, if, you're, if your spouse is making certain choices, you are going to have to walk through those things as well. And um, right. yeah, we just, right. that's part of, part of solving that and part of, I think, the value of the kind of the burning the ships conversation is to say, even if we, we get wet a few times, like, we're going to flip the boat back over, get back in and keep going and, and keep giving this a shot. Cause I think we can get better at it and we can really figure this out. So, yeah. 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 I think we would definitely encourage people with like to be open, be vulnerable and be willing to, to get help if you're encountering those moments. But yeah, most of all, obviously be intentional. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's growth from you, Sean, to, to use the word intentional. <sighs> that's, that's hard. I think you need to appreciate how hard that is for me. <laughs> But I'm I'm getting there. Yeah, I'm getting no, there. it's good. I think this is a great way for us to start season four off. Obviously, we've got oh, some yeah, other episodes sure. coming up. Uh, the next topic we're going to be walking through is church or community. Uh, so definitely be looking out for that. But yeah, I just encourage you guys as you're listening to this season, 
you know, instead of taking these big ideas and trying, you know, feeling overwhelmed by them, I just encourage you to, to listen to them and maybe pick up one or two nuggets that would be applicable to your life. And, you know, yeah. as we're as we're releasing this stuff, if you need to, to stay on a topic and not continue to move through the episodes, we completely understand we're going to keep releasing stuff on our normal schedule. But but feel free to take a pause and, and just, you know, if marriage is the thing that you need to spend time on, spend some time on it. Take a couple things, take the takeaways, you know, spend the time to really apply them to your life. Because ultimately, you know, as as we kind of set up in our pre-episodes, we want to be guides and we want to be helpful to you guys as you're you're walking these journeys. And so if there's a if there's a topic that really hits you, dive into it head on. Um, if there's anything we can do to help, you know, feel free to reach out to us either through our Facebook page or through our email. Uh, again, you know, we, we'd love to continue to be a resource and provide as much as we can to you guys. We really want to help you be good stewards of everything that God's given you. For sure. Thanks for allowing us to be a part of your stewardship journey. Share your journey with us by connecting with us on Facebook or by emailing us at thestewardshippodcast at gmail.com. If this is your first time joining us, we'd love for you to check out our previous conversations. Be sure to tune in next week for another Stewardship Conversation.